This is the UK House Builder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Ball, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK house building teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7, 365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies. Leveraged by 20 years successful mid to senior level recruitment experience. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic and the repercussions on businesses worldwide, Human Capital Group has created its online house builder business resilience hub of blogs, podcasts and webinars designed to help leaders in the house building industry manage their operations successfully and effectively. In this podcast, Karen Eyre-White, productivity coach and founder of coaching consultancy GoDo, speaks to Human Capital Group's Managing Director, Gerard Ball, about how to get optimum productivity from remote working. She details the best ways to get set up for productive remote working, gives guidance on skillfully and considerately managing a remote team, and outlines what HR and leadership needs to consider to create the right culture for productive remote working. This podcast was recorded as part of a webinar series for the House Builder Business Resilience Hub and can be found at www.hc-group.co.uk. Welcome to the Human Capital House Builder Business Resilience Hub webinar and to be podcast on productivity. I'm joined by Karen Air White, a productivity coach with extensive leadership experience, including as a chief executive of a government regulator. Her company, GoDo Productivity, which can be found at godoproductivity.co.uk, offers coaching to individuals and businesses to help them be productive when working from home. Now, we have quite a lot to cover, and I appreciate I might not be able to go into detail on all of the concepts which we're looking to, to discuss, but please do send any questions in and we'll attempt to answer them. Anything we don't cover, we will come back to you separately. Love to speak with you after the webinar to get your feedback and input. So, Karen, would you like to um, just introduce yourself maybe a little bit more? Thanks for having me, Gerard. Great to be here and talking about this topic, which is very relevant at the moment, of course. So I think we're going to be focusing on sort of working from home and, and productivity. So as Gerard said, I work with coach individuals, sort of busy, overwhelmed people, helping them to get more done, um, sometimes to find more balance in their lives and to, and to balance the different things they've got going on. I think um, sort of this time of lockdown is uh, a time for us all to be thinking about how we can balance all the different things in our lives. So yeah, hopefully to have some interesting discussion, Gerard, today. Most of the people which we speak to, most of my clients, and most of my candidates are fairly high achievers, you know, they're typically CEOs, owners of companies, and director level people. And, and most of them, you know, just naturally are fairly productive given their, their very nature. Um, however, working from home is a slightly new concept to the house building industry. I know some companies are doing it, but it is, it's fairly new. So suddenly everybody's been forced to work from home because of COVID-19, etc. You know, how should people, first of all, go about structuring their day? And, and how would that differ to a workday in the office? Yeah, so I think there are some important differences between being in an office and being at home. And, and one of them, one of the most important is that we have very strong associations between an office and work. And um, mm. so, you know, everything from, you know, our 
the nature of our commute, you know, the receptionist that we pass as we as we walk into the building, to the furniture that we see, it all tells us that this is a place that we're focusing and we need to work. And we, we simply don't have those associations at home. Um, yeah. so, so one really important thing to do is to start a process of developing some of those associations with, with a place in your home that you're going to work. So I talk, I talk a lot with my clients about sort of maintaining good boundaries and good separation between home and work, which I think lots of people are struggling with at the moment. Um, it's a really challenging time because, you know, you're not in your house on your own. Uh, there's all sorts of distractions going on. I talk about this separation both in terms of physical separation and boundaries. So that's about being really clear about where you're working, having a specific place that you work and developing those associations with that place. And that might be, you might be looking to have an office, that might be that it needs to be an area that you carve out in, in the house where you can have a desk. So having a really specific place and keeping to it. But also then, and, and you talked about kind of how to structure your day, there's something about sort of time boundaries as well. So the things that help us to keep home and work separate in our head are not only where we work, but also when we work. And thinking about that in advance can be really helpful. So having thinking about a schedule of when am I going to work, when am I not going to work, uh, and trying to roughly keep to that because it means that it makes you it makes it easier for your brain to get into work mode. Right. Okay. In terms of the guys I'm working with, as I say, kind of pretty productive people. For these people, where being left alone, they can get on with their own things. Where might some of the the blind spots be in their, their own time where they might be able to, to, to make up some time or, or be even more productive for these guys? So I suppose the first thing to say is that working from home can be a really positive experience, you know, and lots of people find that they're even more productive at home. You know, you don't have the commute, you don't have time on that. Lots of people find that they can crack on with things. So it's not true for everyone. And, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll come to that. But for people that are sort of finding it actually they're being quite productive there, there are some things some kind of pitfalls that they still need to manage to avoid I think one of them actually at, at the moment is about making sure we're getting that balance right between being in a sort of crisis mode or kind of response mode right. and finding for the more strategic side of what we need to do and I think in the last sort of month there's been a lot of crises and um, you know right. every industry has needed to respond to um, COVID and, and to the lockdown. And it can be very easy to get into, uh, I think particularly for very senior, senior leaders, to get into a very sort of reactive firefighting mindset, which is, is great and it's what's needed at the time. But I think as, as this situation moves on, we at some point have to transition out of that mode of responding to emails, talking to people, doing things, which is really important. It's not everything we need to do in our jobs. You know, I work with senior people who really struggle to put that to one side and get on with the more strategic side of their job. And that, I think, can be a real challenge when we work from home as well. Some of the other challenges people are really experiencing are the kind of the, the lack of people around them, the lack of human contact. Have you got any advice for these guys in terms of how to, I don't know, be more sociable whilst working remotely? Yeah, so I think this is a really fascinating one because I think it depends on the kind of person you are. Um, so this is a classic, I think, introversion-extroversion issue. For people that are extroverted, they get their energy from being with people and I think they are finding the current situation and working from home a very isolating experience. For those people, I think obviously there's lots that we can do with sort of communication technology these days, to be talking to people and connecting to people, lots of ways that you can share online webinars with people and, and talk to people and make sure that you're keeping connected. But I think that there's also a group of people who are more introverted 
and who perhaps have found actually some of this time quite hard because there has been a huge proliferation in communication and particularly virtual meetings, I think. And actually, I think in some cases, we need to dial that down slightly. And then this kind of is also tied in with people having to manage their teams remotely. How do you go about doing that effectively? Yeah, so it's a real challenge. I mean, when I when I was the chief of debt, actually, I was managing a remote team because we had a, an inspectorate that was across the country. So um, everyone was working from home. When we're based in an office, of course, we're used to managing people by seeing them. You know, that's that's how we yeah. do it. And it takes a bit of getting used to not having that. So I think I think the first thing about sort of managing a team of people working remotely is that there is an awful lot about communication. So checking in with people regularly, individually, but also as a team, making sure everyone knows what's going on, making sure they know that they can contact you. You know, sometimes it can be like a bigger deal for them to pick up the phone and call you rather than just kind of walk across the office and have a chat. So it's about that making yourself available and accessible, I think. But also, I think when we manage remotely, we need to manage more by outputs rather than by sort of time time at desk. We change our mindset from judging someone based on how available we see they are and how hard we see them working to actually what's the quality of, of, of what they're producing. So I think that that's about sort of being clear what you expect from people and when you expect it, judging them on the quality of the work, not on how quickly they respond to an email or how often you've seen their little green light on on the messenger because we <laughs> manage to do things what we end up doing is we create these, these wrong incentives. And it goes back to what I said about this balance of sort of responding and strategic work. We want the people that, we, that work for us to be able to have some of that focused time to do their work. But if mm. we create a culture where actually people feel they need to be always responding to emails immediately, always available on Messenger, they're not going to have that time to do that really high quality work as well. It's just such a big issue within the industry, which is why... The house building industry is, is is quite an old school industry and it's slowly adapting to people being able to work from home. But often it is managed, though, by how quickly you respond to an email. It's a very much a, a desk on, you know, desk on the back of the chairs type of culture. It's probably a, a tough question, but how would you go about changing that culture? I think it's a mindset thing and I think it's about if you're someone that feels uncomfortable with managing that in that way, challenging yourself to give it a go, I think. I think we have all sorts of ideas and fears about how, you know, our team won't be able to get their work done. We won't achieve our objectives. We won't achieve our goals. But actually, working from home can be a really positive thing. And we're, we're in the situation we're in. So this is a great opportunity to give something new a go, give something a try. And, and it, you know, people have described this as a great experiment, really, in a way. Like, you know, <laughs> the way that we've been forced into this. You know, we've seen industries that have, have always said they couldn't, people couldn't possibly work from home, all of a sudden have found a way to make it happen. So let's see how much further we can push it in terms of helping people to be productive and to, you know, trusting them to produce outputs of high quality rather than pushing them into a way of working which isn't good for them and isn't good for the organisation either. In terms of, though, you know, how, how we work as a business, so we're a fully remote team. We, we always have been. We, we've got 10 people in the company you know, as, as I talk at the moment. And that managing remotely, is we, we've taken to it fairly evenly, fairly well. So we structure our day slightly. We give the people as much freedom as possible. We understand people are working at home at the moment. They're probably, their partners might be working as well. So they've got to do, they've got to do childcare, which is, is probably my big problem <laughs> mm. at the moment. 
I'm working late into the evening whenever I've got, you know, whenever, whenever I've got the time. But also there are core hours that I know that the people I need to be in contact with are there at a certain time. And I think it's up to the businesses to, to give their staff that freedom and flexibility. And as you say, to get the work done as long as it gets done. Um, yeah. But there's the four hours that, need, that do need to happen. Is there a model that fits all in, in terms of a structure that companies could at least start to put into place? Like nine o'clock is a meeting. And how would you go about that? Yeah, so I think this idea of having core hours is a great one because, because providing some structure for people, I think, is helpful. But I would try and keep that limited. So I would be having it, I don't know, I, I, I've heard of, of companies having it sort of 10 to 3 or, you know, just a, a certain amount of time that people are talking to each other and communicating with each other. The, the problem with being too prescriptive about that is that everyone works differently. So, you know, there isn't, you know, when I always, when I talk to my clients, I always say there's not a one size fits all answer here. I can't tell you to do ABC and you're going to be super productive because that's just not how it works. Everyone's different. Everyone's different when they work in the office and it's exactly the same at home. People need different things to be productive. So the important thing is as individuals to know what we need to empower our teams to know what they need and to find ways that they can give it to themselves or if there's something that they need from the organization to give it to them. So, you know, I I would be very wary of an organization saying, right, you know, 8 till 10 a.m. we're going to be talking. Because actually for some people, 8 till 10 a.m., that might be their most productive time of the day to be getting some focused work done. And for many of my clients, it is. Those first couple of hours are really crucial um, and, and a really great idea to be getting the hardest thing you've got to do all day done in those first few hours. So right. I think organizations need to be careful about being too prescriptive with it. I saw that you advocate kind of setting three to five tasks to do. Yeah, so I think, I think when you work from home, it's even more important to be really specific with yourself about what you're trying to achieve uh, in, a, in a given day. I think we can fall into this trap of thinking, oh, we, we've got so much time, we can do hundreds of things. The reality is that we can't. That's just the reality. We have this thing called optimism bias where we think we can get much more done. So I think it's much better to be realistic and set yourself sort of three to five chunky things to get done in a day. And then to try and I advise trying to get, you know, the majority of them done before lunch if you can, because then when you go into that inevitable post-lunch sort of slight energy slump, which I think everyone has, um, you're going to have some momentum behind you to power through that. And then I also saw that you, you, you talk about working in bursts. Yeah, so, so this will be more relevant to people that have got stretches of open time. And I know that there are lots of people, particularly at a senior level, that are, you know, often in just kind of back-to-back meetings. Um, we'll talk, let's talk about that in a minute. But if you've got, if you find yourself with a morning or a day without many meetings, then actually what you're facing when you work from home is quite a lot of unstructured time. In contrast to when you're in the office where you've probably got a meeting or, you know, you might have a chat to a colleague, I think it can it can actually be quite daunting to have that time. So one way of addressing this is to break it down into what I call sort of sprints. 45 minutes is a great length of time for a sprint of focused work um, because wow. it's about the amount of time our brains can focus for. So I would advise setting a timer. So I, I have a timer on my desk that I use um, and then sort of concentrate for 45 minutes. Um, try not to look at your phone or your emails and just do a specific piece of work. It's also a good length of time to sort of set yourself a mini goal. You know, what could I do in that time? You know, could I finish this article? Could I post a certain number of social media posts, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, what, what do you want to achieve in that 45 minute slot? And then go and have a short break because at that point your brain needs um, a change of scene. 
we picked up on meetings and, and everything which are happening at the moment. And one of the questions which did come in was, at the moment, people are having more meetings than they've ever had. They're having more meetings online than they have in the office. And the yeah. companies are like, no, meeting, meeting, meeting. And the directors are like, no, we need to do a meeting about this. But, you know, and, and it's, it's making some of the team members less productive because they've yeah. got back to back meetings. Well, have you got any input into what companies yeah, so can do? This is, a, this is a kind of tricky one because communication is vital when we're working from home you know I always talk to people about don't just send an email pick up the phone have a meeting send a messenger chat don't it's very easy to kind of withdraw into your inbox I think so communication is really important but it can go too far I think and I think that's what's happened you know I think at the beginning of this it went crazy you know people went crazy didn't they because they were like oh, I'm working from home but I want to show that I'm here I'm connected you know people team you know team leaders wanted to show their team that they were engaged and I think that that was really needed at that time but I think it has to tail off and I think just like in a normal office environment a meeting is not the answer to everyone's problems it's really also not in a virtual environment and um, so I, I I encourage teams to think about and what could you, how could you use this technology that we now have and we're more familiar with to make me, if you do need to have a meeting, to make it more productive? So rather than thinking about a meeting being the first step in a, pro, in a project or in a, something that needs to be solved, think about, is there something that you could collect, collate electronically? So could you have a Google document, for example, that people are putting their ideas into and someone structures it before you have a meeting? It's going to make that meeting so much more productive. So I think finding ways to make the most of this situation uh, in terms of not just thinking of a meeting as the automatic first step is important, but then if you do, if you are having a meeting, I think one of the one of the challenges is that we in in person meetings we rely a lot on body language, don't we? To know you know when can I come in, when can I interrupt someone, when have they finished, or when is it <laughs> polite to do? And we just it's much harder to read that online, I think. So I always advocate having someone that's chairing the meeting and it's very clear that one of their roles is to make sure that everyone gets a chance to contribute. Otherwise, I think, I think you find that the dominant people become more dominant and the quieter right. people become more quiet and you end up with this chasm and that doesn't, that doesn't create good outcomes. You need people to be able to contribute fully. That's good that you've answered that because it's one of the key questions which people have been asking. They're, they're suddenly, you know, holding remote meetings and the more dominant people are becoming more dominant. Running a meeting then, is there an optimal size of people to be in an mm. online meeting that is productive rather than a, you know, a, a lecture to the staff or, or whatever it might be, like we're going to do X, Y and Z and yeah. nobody contributes because... I could see a, a director or, or owner, whatever it might be, saying, you know, a room of 10 people, your turn to speak now, your turn to speak now, your turn, and, and 10 people, you know, it's, it's too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the optimum number is, but I, I think you're right. It's less than 10, isn't it, in order that everyone can actually feel that they can engage and contribute. So, you know, I don't know, maybe optimum number is sort of four to six, potentially. Um, but I think you're right. There are different types of meetings. There's, there's a, there are meetings which are still useful, which is about someone communicating information to people. And, and that's fine. And, you, you know, and that could have far more people on it. And so there's still value, I think, in that person talking to, a, talking to a group of people. But it's not an engagement meeting. It's not a meeting where there's going to be back and forth. I think you do need to keep those smaller um, in a virtual environment. And to be honest, in an office environment, that is also probably true. Okay. And one of the other questions that's come in is there's obviously some members who might not be 
so productive at home and working at home might not be the best thing for them. How as a manager, when you've got these types of people in your team, do you communicate with them without really micromanaging them or without being that annoying manager? Have you done this, popping that, you know, sending that email, you know, making that phone call and, you know, annoying them and micromanaging? Well, I mean, this is this is a question for the ages, isn't it? This is the this is the dilemma of uh, of leadership, anyway, isn't it? But when I think it, it is even harder when you're working from home. So I suppose what I would say is it comes back to this judging on outputs rather than kind of presenteeism. So it, you know, I would say as a default, giving people some trust. If then those people don't, you know, they 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 aren't performing, they aren't producing the outputs to the quality that you want, then just as you would in an office, that there needs to be some sort of performance process or you, you know and, and then you would be checking in with them more regularly and you would be setting them clearer objectives and you'd be setting them very clear timescales. but I think I think not to fall into the trap of assuming that that's true for everyone or that that's true for you know that you're assuming that that's true but only to do that for the people that really need it but I think also some people do struggle when they work from home but people have very rarely had training on this topic you know this isn't you know so so actually everyone this is a skill that needs to be learned and everyone needs to be given some time and some space and some support in order to learn it so i think there's something about empowering the people that work for you to think am i being productive if i'm not what are the problems what are some of the solutions that i could put in place for myself and you know coaching can help with this or online training can help with this um, and also as a as a team leader and as a as a senior leader in an organization what kind of example are you setting you know are you, are you setting a good example about how to work from home productively you know are you being clear about what your working hours are are you showing that it's okay to be sometimes not responding to emails immediately and, and finding ways to focus and keeping yourself on task are you setting a good example for them to do that go into that in a little bit more depth and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you brought it out because all the people that I've spoken to only one company has had any formal training on being mm. able to work productively remotely like one company and this is most of the, the top 10 and if there's people on online now who have suddenly had training I apologize but uh, you know at time of producing you know going going to create this uh, nobody had had any online on uh, sorry, any formal training on being productive. So um, for, for kind of the HR directors and, and business leaders, is there, you know, particularly even when we come back into the office and, and start allowing people to work remotely, what, what should they begin putting into place and what procedures should they begin to put into place? Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think it would be a great legacy of this situation for, for more organizations to be offering more remote and flexible working you know I think we know that it helps organizations to attract staff we know that it helps them to retain staff um, and I think if we can use this situation in order to have that legacy I think that would be great I think for organizations that want to do that there's, there's some sort of technical things they need to do and then there's some sort of more people side of things they need to do so you know obviously um, as, as lots of organizations have learned during this situation you need to have the right IT you need to have you know the right IT you need to have the right kit the right software in order to mm. enable people to work from home I think you need, you need to have the right sort of HR policies in place you know you need to have remote work policies. everyone needs to be clear on on what they can do and what they can't do and that's really important but then it comes on to this piece about training and about supporting people to do it and you know, I, I mean, actually, this is a sort of um, 
and it's a bugbear of mine generally we're actually not really taught how to work productively full stop you know let alone right. at home um, you know, but anyway working from home is a particular sort of challenge for some people when it comes to productivity so thinking about what training you can provide them as i said this is a very um it's a very unique thing people need to learn for themselves what it is that they need so um and, that, and that's why coach that's why i do a lot of work with people to coach them on how can i work from home effectively right. um so something about training something about support and then i think there's also something about sort of the, the culture of the organization and, and how they can create a sort of working from home culture that is productive and that comes back to sort of having leaders that are setting a good example managing as i say by outputs rather than by time at desk and making sure that communication and collaboration is still a really strong feature even when people are working at home. We've really covered everything that most of the people wanted to discuss. And, and I would say, you know, COVID-19 has, has strangely given us this amazing opportunity, as you've mentioned, the, the big experiment. But the, the vast majority of my, my clients and candidates working remotely has, has been a, a pretty positive. It's been pretty positive for businesses. And, and they have proven that they can still produce, be productive, and, and get the results by working remotely. And really, in my 20 years of recruitment working in search globally, certainly for this industry, home building industry, em- embracing the concept is, is really vital for the modern house building business. There's, there's such a, a huge gap in talent caused by the 2008-2012 crisis unless companies do embrace remote working, then they're not going to attract the new generation coming into work because they've got different priorities to what, to what, you know, to what we had and, and to what the guys working in the industry have at the moment. So it's, it's essential that they get this right. So sorry we couldn't answer quite all of the questions. I think we grouped most of them together. However, if you have any other questions, please send them in to us. We'll answer them separately. Also, we will be following up with you for feedback. Plus, I'll send all of you Karen's details separately. So if you want to contact her, any coaching tips as an individual or as a business, then please feel free to contact her direct. But Karen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Gerald. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Discover how to build your UK house builder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms, automation, and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series, featuring leading voices from the UK housebuilding industry, from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.